You are unwanted from day one. You are periodically reminded of that fact by your primary parent. No relatives or friends to step in. The state takes over your care and consistently lets you down in the same way as your birth parents. You turn to drugs to ease your mental anguish. Does the drug use cause your mental illness or was that simply exacerbating your pre-existing problems? Either way, when you commit a crime, so horrific, hardened law enforcement officers will need therapy to cope with what they saw. Your subsequent incarceration leads to even more outlandish behaviour. What should humanity do with you? Protect others from your future acts or protect you from yourself? This is the murder of Laura Boren and her children, Andre and Leia. And this is Murder Me on Monday. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Murder Me on Monday podcast. I'm Cameron, and joined with me is Mother. Hello. You've got wine. I've got wine. I need it for this episode. <laughs> I felt like you were going to say, I felt like you were going to introduce your drinking wine on a Friday night or we record the podcast, but I just like dubbed you in. Yes, you did. And, and I'm going to say the the intros to these podcasts always make me laugh. The little pre-read bit that you do that I have no idea what it is. It's always like no one wants you. You got a small dick and you smell like onions. <laughs> but, mate, I'm I'm just sat here trying to listen to a true crime podcast. I didn't need to get called out like this. No, I don't. It's every time I'm like, did you just okay? <laughs> I that is the worst part of writing an episode is that intro. It really is, and I've changed how I do it. And sometimes you see me stomping up and down the garden, and you think, "What the hell is she doing?" And I'm trying to work out how am I actually going to intro it. And this one, I realised that opener was actually a bit Minority Report, wasn't it? It was a bit sort of. Uh, what if based on what you may or may not do in the future? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that occurred to me. Yeah, and a, a real trigger warning for people. This one, this one is going to be gruesome. I know a lot of true crime podcasts really are gruesome and we're not that level normally, deliberately, but this one is because it's actually really significant to what happens and even why it happens. Yes, I learned stuff research and I always do. I'm just not sure I wanted to know about these things, but they come up in a, might come up in a quiz next Christmas camera, mightn't they? Hmm? If I remember to do one, yeah. 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 So this week's case has mental illness at the heart of it. The biggest conundrum is how the guy found to be sane. It's down to the definition of being insane, but that's used by the state in question, as we are in the USA for this case. A lot of really evil people do some seriously twisted stuff to get out the death penalty or any kind of punishment for their crimes. But this is on a whole other level. And the deeper they get into the case, the more actual it's a bigger worry. One thing I will say is do not try and understand the the delusions that come out. You can't. The reasons behind the delusions, perhaps, but trying to work out his logic for his acts is quite simply the way of madness. This week, we are in the state of Texas and talking about a family annihilator and serial killer by the name of Andre Lee Thomas. Andre was born on the 17th of March 1983 in Muscogee County, Oklahoma to Rochelle and Danny Thomas. Andre was his mother's fifth child. Eventually, she would have six boys by three different men. The problems within this family go back generations. I'm not going into the who, as you will never be able to follow it, but there are at least three generations on both sides of the parents who are mentally ill, alcoholics, institutionalised and so on. And there's at least one murder of one family member by another. Andre's grandmother on his mother's side thought she had a direct line to God. Apparently, the only way she could hear what was being said clearly was by being blind drunk. 
His mother, Rochelle, said that she had the same party line too and she brought Andre up to believe that he was the same. So this is where it starts with the religion thing where he becomes obsessed with it. It, it makes sense as we go on. The family moved to a place called Sherman in Texas, which is about 60 miles from Dallas. The homes, yes, homes, constantly on the move, often had no running water, heat or electricity. And when she could, his mother got local churches to pay the bills. Dad was barely around, only occasionally, and his mother raised the children mostly by herself. Kind of. She admitted she couldn't keep track of the kids and had no idea who went to school, if at all, or where, or when. She is an alcoholic like her parents before her and suffered with depression. Her life was just one huge mess and she kept adding more kids into it. She doesn't get any better as when he inevitably gets into trouble later, she would fail to appear at meetings with Andre's probation officer and just would vanish for days and weeks at a time, only to reappear as if nothing had happened. Before things got so bad, it seemed Andre was doing okay. He went to church, did well in school, even getting admitted to a gifted and talented programme at school. He did get kicked off it, but he managed to pull things back and get readmitted, so he's not daft, as we would say. Why would he... Yeah, from, <laughs> from England, from the 1800s. Yes, yes. Uh, why did he get kicked off of the thing? His grades dropped and he just wasn't sticking it. He did... Okay, is that due to his home life rather, than, rather so. than his aptitude for actually being able to pick it up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Things started going wrong at the age of 10. We don't know if it was because of how he was being treated, what he was witnessing, or if it was the start of mental illness, as often the real, really serious ones can't and won't be diagnosed until adulthood. But at the age of 10, he told school friends he was hearing voices. So, auditory hallucinations. It's because he's been told he can hear God directly. Exactly. He was specifically hearing angels and demons arguing in his head. So, yes, back to the religion Perhaps thing. Perhaps the whole family with a history of depression and substance abuse shouldn't be telling kids that, yeah, you can directly hear voices because then, you know, they might and it's not good. Yeah, but it's the direct line to God, remember? Okay, you know? go off, Queen. Tell yeah. them. Yeah. He'd probably stop going to church because he claimed to be Raiden. Why would he when he can when he can ring him up himself? He doesn't need to go to church, the house of God, he's got him on the phone. You're not wrong. But Is that why is that why he didn't go? Because no, he's like, what's the point? No. Well, I don't know. But he decided he was Raiden, one of the characters from Mortal Kombat. We're not talking he was pretending to be Raiden. That was, that's the lightning guy, isn't it? That the main one. Yeah. He guy. seemed to actually well, believe he was Raiden. And okay. Yeah, we did watch Mortal Kombat when you were little. I loved it. It's also at 10 when Mother Rochelle tells him she wished she'd aborted him. So he tries to slice his wrists open. It's hardly surprising when at 11 he starts on petty crime. He was charged with criminal mischief after damaging some golf carts and later with theft for stealing a car and driving it into a ditch. I mean, at that age, he could probably barely reach the pedals, I would have thought, but... Yeah. At 11, he starts smoking weed. At 12, when he gets into trouble, due to his age, he's placed on probation rather than being let off. Guess who doesn't turn up to meetings with a probation officer telling him it was too cold to bring out her younger child with her, Andre's younger brother. Yeah, mother. By 13, he tries to kill himself again. Again, a carbon copy of the last time with his mother telling him the exact same thing. I know we say things, we all say things in the heat of the moment, but that is outright, downright abusive. There's no other way of putting that. But he probably could have turned things around if somebody had stepped up properly. The state, anyone. 
because when his mother told him of a plan to move the family back to Oklahoma, he informed his probation officer and a judge placed him in a juvenile detention facility. He wants to keep him safe to stop his mother from taking him okay. away. That, that makes that makes sense. I, I kind of I, I wondered they about the rationale. They sort of half stepped up and then they yeah. they screwed up again. He once asked the judge for a work permit so that he could pay off his restitution and court fees, only to be told at age 14 he was too young to work. So at that point, he's still trying to do the right thing, but nobody's really there for him. By 15, he's on a suicide watch at one of the detention centres. But again, they let him down and let him out with any sort of support, mother having vanished yet again. Into this absolute mess of a life comes a young girl called Laura Christine Boren, who was born on the 7th of November 1983, so she was six months younger than Andre. They date, and when the inevitable happens, Laura gives birth to a boy. They now him after his father, Andre, on the 31st of August 1999. Dad, Andre, is 16 and a half, and mum, Laura, is 15. As they're not married, little Andre is given his mother's surname. I actually thought that was unusual, but I don't know. But he's lovingly nicknamed Juicy by his dad, Big Andre. Absolutely everything is stacked against him. Andre drops out of school and begins doing various low-paid jobs. At one point, he's digging graves at Sherman's West Hill Cemetery. The couple found their own place for a while, but later ended up moving in with Laura's parents and then with Andre's mother. They got married on Andre's 18th birthday and Rochelle kicked them out Rochelle is Andre's mother, kicked them out of her house two weeks after they got married. With nowhere they could go that they could live together, neither parents would have them as a couple, the newlyweds parted ways. Laura took the baby back to her parents' house and Andre moved in with his brother. After four and a half months, they separated for good and Laura moved on with her life. Andre started obsessing over apocalyptic concepts in the book of Revelation and was accused of stabbing his brother during a fight. But he wasn't charged, and his brother was committed for psychiatric treatment. So, living on his own, Andre lost some seasonal work and struggled to pay bills. He couldn't keep any job for long, so anything he did get was piecemeal. And because his place lacked utilities, obviously because he couldn't pay his bills, Laura began scaling back the visits with his son, which is kind of understandable. Got me thinking about his younger brother being put before him in that probation meeting. You know, when his mother wouldn't go to the meeting because she didn't want to take Andre's younger brother with her. And now his own sons are being placed before his needs somehow. So I wondered if there was some kind of resentment because his thinking about his son gets very, very twisted. I mean, he's going to be angry anyway. You can't blame the, guy, the no. kid, can you? No, not because at all. You got, remember, he is a child as well at this point. Yeah. He's, what, 16? 18. Yeah, so he, could, sorry, he got married when he was 18. Yeah. He's still a child himself. Yeah. It's not... I, I don't blame him for having volatile, angry reactions to no, stuff. No, everybody lets this guy down. He did keep trying, sort of. He tried to get help for his suicidal feelings and to stop the voices that were still in his head. But no one really seemed to notice how bad he was, or maybe he was just really good at hiding it. Because by the time he was 19, he was back again in another mental institution, having overdosed, where he asked the staff to kill him. He said, life's too much for me to handle. Somehow, they let him leave on his assurance that he was going to go to, straight to a nearby hospital. When he failed to show up, a warrant went out for him to be picked up on site. 
but the police failed to enforce it. So it was one of these, he's, he's dangerous, but for his own good, we need him back. I still don't like those, though, because they can be super broad. Yeah. You, you, you see it where people are outside a, an institution for this, where they think, I'm not feeling very well, and they just assault the person. Yeah. And they break their arms, they, they might even shoot them, they tase them, and they drag them in, and then now this person thinks, okay, this opportunity for me to go get help, I'm never going to see it again, because now that's such a matter you do You do understand why people stop looking for help. Yeah, because every time they do, they just get kicked in the nuts. Which is kind of where it goes with him. Okay, listeners aren't going to know this, but I've had to stop and edit it loads of times because you keep slurring your words. I don't think the wine is a good idea. <laughs> We're like 12 minutes in. Right. Andre does this repeatedly over a few years, a suicide attempt and a trip to ER or a mental institution, and then just drops through every bloody net. But equally, he isn't his own best advocate, and certain... F- Family and friends are not able to help him or get him the help that he actually obviously needs. 25th of March, 2004, just after his 21st birthday, Andre overdoses again and then stabbed himself with a knife in the chest. He walked into the ER where an attending physician deemed him suicidal and quoted him saying as he was trying to cross over into heaven. What is that what the attending guy said? The, yeah, the, the, or is that what he thinks no, Andre's motivation said was? Was that, this physician yeah. like vehemently religious or was he saying that's what Andre thinks he was trying to do? That's He is saying that's Andre was, what Andre was trying to do was cross over into heaven. Uh, I'm just wondering from whose account. Who's, yeah. Do you see what I mean? Whose story is it? Is yeah. that what the attending thinking he's yeah. doing? Is that what Andre's told the attendant and that's what he's in the account? No, that's what, what Andre's I mean? told the attendant. Yeah, I yeah. get what you're saying. Thomas, the ER doctor wrote, is psychotic. He thinks something like a holodeck on Star Trek is happening to him. Wanted to know whether he had volunteered for life or had been forced to live it. The doctor referred Andre to the hospital's mental health unit and filled out an emergency detention order to hold him against his will. Do they need to pay for this? Because as far as I'm aware, I think you do. No idea. I think you do. I've seen reports where people have rung various people saying I'm suicidal and they get charged like four grand for it in America. So okay. the now you've added on top of medical bankruptcy essentially. Yeah. Which makes it worse. Mm-hmm. It's a completely unflawed system. Works perfectly. Yeah. But while the staff were waiting for a judge to sign the order, Andre simply wandered off and walked home to his place in Sherman. How was he allowed to wander off? Then nobody was taking any notice of him. We we're waiting for a judge's order. Don't it's keep also him on suicide watch. Yeah, I know. He just wandered off. The hospital noticed he'd wandered off and called the police, told them he might be dangerous, but there's no evidence that officers went looking for him at the home of Andre's mother or any of his other relatives. So it's the same old, same old, yeah? Andre had really unravelled this time. He's a raging alcoholic by this point, would put tape over his mouth and refuse to speak for days to anyone and what happens to be a full-blown religious mania fuelled by psychopathy Psycho- Psychopathy? No, it's psychopathic episodes with delusions. So he's really had a complete break from reality. He decides his ex-wife Laura is some sort of Jezebel and that his son was the Antichrist <laughs> and thought that the meaning of life was contained in a message within the images of a US dollar bill. I know some people I know. C- connect the Illuminati... Yeah. To the dollar bill. They see the triangles and places and what they think is this like bourgeois elite background. Yeah, I know. But it's I still I still have to yeah. laugh. It's possible those delusions about Laura were caused by her moving on with her life, as I said. 
she had actually met someone else and had a child by them, a little girl called Leia Marie, in February 2003 and was settled in a home with her new fiancé and her two children. That was until the 27th of March 2004, when Andre, just turned 21, and now convinced that his ex-wife and his four-year-old son... I'm not going to get rid of that, but that's what I mean. His, his, so his four-year-old son... And yes. his stepchild... As that 13 year, thirteen month, oh, she's not 13 years old, she's 13 months, yeah, I'm not doing alcohol again. <laughs> Didn't work, did no. it? <laughs> carry on, it's carry gruesome. on, it's staying in, carry this on. This is where the gruesome starts, right. Andre went to Laura's apartment and kicked the door open. Laura's boyfriend was at work, but she and the children were home. Andre stabbed Laura, cut open her chest and pulled out a portion of her lung, thinking that he was actually removing her heart. He went to the bedroom shared by their four-year-old son and Laura's 13-month-old daughter, stabbed both children and cut the hearts out of their chests. Andre then stabbed himself three times in the chest and seemingly expected to die from his wounds, went to the living room and lay next to Laura's body and placed a dollar bill he had folded lengthwise and left next to his wife's leg, exposing the pyramid with the eye at the top. He's full-on Illuminati with that and frequently references it over the coming years. When he realised he was not dying, he placed... <laughs> Sorry. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. It... I mean, he just realised he weren't dying. Oh, yeah. fuck it, it's not happening. I mean, to be fair, he's tried to kill himself multiple times now and he's not doing it. So from his perspective, he might take it as a symbol. I'm surprised he didn't see it as him being a warrior of God that can't be killed and it can then become... It Good can point. elevate more and more. Good point. You know I mean? He stabbed himself in the chest three times. You'd think he'd know... Mind you, he took part of Laura's lung thinking it was the heart, so obviously yeah, then, anatomy I mean, is not fair, a strong point. He pulled point. it out of two children, which isn't a good sentence, but he managed to find their hearts at least. Yeah. But yeah, he was not particularly good at it. So I'm surprised he didn't resort to some sort of chemical. As in, you drink something, you can't then stop, so you will just die. But that's interesting, isn't it? Because maybe he never actually intended it to Possibly. stop. But yeah. that's where my connection would go. You take something that you then can't yeah. take back. Yeah. So as I said, when he realised he wasn't dying, he placed the part of Laura's lung and the children's hearts in his pockets and walked to his house. Once he got home, he put the organs in a bag and threw them in a bin. Andre then called his ex-in-laws and left a voicemail. And I quote, um, Sherry, this is Andre. I need your all's help. Something bad has happened to me and it keeps happening and I don't know what's going on. I need some help. I think I'm in hell. I need help. Somebody needs to come and help me. I need help bad. I'm desperate. I'm afraid to go to sleep. So when you get this message, come by the house, please. Hello? Nobody comes to his aid. So then Andre walks to the Sherman Police Department, telling officers there what he'd done and he thought God wanted him to kill his victims. He said he killed each victim with a separate knife because he thought that there were demons inside the victims. If the victim's blood was allowed to mix, he reasoned, then the demons might survive. Andre was taken to hospital and underwent chest surgery and they're off to the county jail. Not a secure mental hospital, no, the county jail. According to the notes of the nurse who was monitoring Andre in his glass-walled observation cell at the Grayson County Jail, his ex-wife and kids weren't really dead. He'd removed their hearts to free them from evil. Andre refused the antipsychotic medication the jail doctors prescribed him. 
but at least he had the Bible. And when he wasn't acting belligerently or gesticulating wildly or ranting about evil, he would read from it. Until things got a bit blurry. Because six days after he murdered those people, he gouged his own eye out with his bare hands. There is mention that he was reading various tracts of the Bible that mention plucking out of one's eye if they offended you, but... And yes, that type of self-mutilation does actually have a name. Of course it does. Auto-enucleation. So when I read this, I read it as you know, a, a unification or something. So I thought, well, so he blinded himself and cut his nuts off. So it's a form of self-mutilation brought about by extreme psychosis. Which is also not necessarily that, but self-flagellation is rampant in the Bible. And yeah. Yeah. This occurs with paranoid... Very healthy book, very good good for people yeah not cause any problems ever it occurs with paranoid delusions often of a religious nature which goes to what you just said and that often accompanies schizophrenia and it's occasionally referred to as epidemism which is the myth of Epid. i can't even say his name oedipus the king who blinds himself after learning that he's fulfilled a prophecy by murdering his father and sleeping with his mother for him, it's not schizophrenia or his delusions, but rather his own guilt. Lots of places say it's a rare event for that specific act. Only figures I could find were New South Wales and Australia. But even so, in 1990 to 2007, there were six cases. There are many, many others with limb amputation, testicle removal and blinding after a failed attempt at eye removal. And I'll link that, all, all that research in the show notes. Everything obviously comes to a screeching halt after he's done this. First thing the authorities do after shipping him off for treatment is put bloody great big mittens on him, like the type you put on newborn babies to stop themselves scratching their faces. Three doctors evaluated him, one from jail, one appointed by the court, and one brought in by the state. All of them said that Andre suffered some form of schizophrenia. Declared incompetent to trial... He is sent to North State Texas Hospital in mid-June 2004. On February the 15th, 2005, Andre's murder trial begins. He was only tried for the deaths of Laura's daughter, Leia. He wasn't tried for her daughter, Laura's death, or the son. It was just the one. Why? Because it's often cheaper to do that. A lot less witnesses. But and if they don't get him the on that one, they'll have a go at another one. And if they don't get him on that one, they'll have a go at another one. Okay, because I'm thinking you said much. You said less witnesses or whatever, but it, the, the crime was committed essentially at the same time. So I don't see why they'd need more. Because quite often you would have other defence experts come in to say about his relationship with his ex-wife and all of this sort of stuff. That there are less witnesses, and it's quicker. Andre's defence wasn't well during his trial, apparently. And it shows Andre, who is black and had been in an interracial relationship with Laura, faced an all white jury. How come? The prosecutors played a crafty it's one. Racist as fuck. That's why. <laughs> well, it's something that I, again, I learned something. It's called the shuffle. The pool of potential jurors known as a veneer are seated in a room. And with no information other than what the jurors look like, Either side can request that they be shuffled, reseated in a different order. The order, as it turns out, is crucial to the jury's final makeup. That's because each juror is questioned in turn. 
And if lawyers from either side wants to ex- want to exercise their right to disqualify someone, they have to do it then and there. And if it looks like one side is striking a juror based on race, which is not allowed, the other side can mount a challenge, hence the shuffle. At Andre's trial, there were initially six African-Americans seated in the first two rows. After the shuffle, which proceeded without any objection by the defence, there were no black people in the first five rows. This reminds me very briefly of that movie, Is It the Green Mile, that had Michael Clark Duncan in it. I know of it, I've never seen it. That That's basically a true story of it. Yeah. I think it was like a 14-year-old um, black kid that was accused of attacking, killing, or sexually assaulting some white I think, women. Yeah, I know the story it's based on. And yeah. then when he was arrested for it, even though he wasn't there or something, within... And then he got taken to jury, taken to court. And then within something like 10 minutes, an all-white jury said, yeah, he did it. And then he was sentenced to death. He was so small, they had to put a Bible under him so his head could reach the electric chair properly. So, yeah. I've seen the pictures. I I think having a a completely biased racial makeup of a jury is fucking awful. But then again, it's Texas, and he's a black guy that's got a history. They don't really care. So I'm surprised the police even sort of let him have the surgery to live and then go... Oh, no, they to have jail. to repair them no, so they no, can kill them. No, no, but then you can be like, well, now nah, he's been... He's fuck you, we didn't bother with it and just let him die. No. Because are you arguing that some racist police officer wouldn't be like, ah, this is easier, just let them die? Because they definitely would have. I'm surprised they didn't do that in the first place. Well, when all was said and done, the entire jury, not to mention the judge and all of the lawyers, was white. On a questionnaire for potential jurors, three of the selected jurors and one alternate juror indicated that they were opposed to interracial couples marrying or having children. Say that again, just for clarification. Yes, you heard exactly what I said. So they've got preconceived prejudice, so why should they be allowed on the the jury in the first place? Wouldn't that then make a retrial? Yes, you would have thought. You would have thought. As I said... Apparently, his lawyer wasn't very well. Apparently, he was suffering with pancreatitis at the time. Oh, okay. So he was and not he, an excuse, though. He was in a lot of pain, and he just let all of these things fly. So it it goes into things anyway. So sanity remains a central issue during the proceedings. Andre's behaviour in the courtroom has been described as almost catatonic at times, and he snapped on skittles during graphic testimony. Andre's attorneys did put forward an insanity defence. The state said that Andre's mental illness was caused by or worsened by drug use and they cited Texas law that invalidates an insanity defence if the mental condition was the result of voluntary intoxication. How did they determine that though? How do you mean? How could they determine that it was caused by his drugs or the drug that he'd taken? They just state it as a matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, I'm and saying they, they, they can't. If they're writting the rules, they are judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah, and they'd probably roll out some expert that would agree with what they said because, as we know, you can get an expert that will testify to anything you want them to. We all know that. So remember when he was declared incompetent just after him doing the eyeball thing and being sent to the state hospital? He was declared incompetent to stand trial, but as after spending 47 days at the hospital, a psychiatrist wrote a report for the court where they stated that Andre suffered from drug-induced psychosis, saying that he was competent and that he might try to exaggerate his mental illness by engaging in self-harm or other aberrant behaviour. 
His defence didn't object to that statement being introduced. People don't do that to that extent to try to justify what they've done. They're, they're trying to say that it's drug-induced psychosis. Yeah. So by him doing that, is that to give him... a Not get out of jail free, but to, get, to give a rationale or a reason or to make it seem more severe. Is that what they're trying to say? I would suggest that it's all but of the they above. Don't, they don't, you don't do that, though. You do that because you are it, not because you want to make it seem it. And if you think, I'm going to do that so it seems it, then you definitely are it. Yes. You are not getting any... No, I'm all in agreement. The defence said that Thomas's... Sorry, Andre's removal of his own eye showed that he was insane. Prosecutors said that the eye incident was indicative of an impulsive act rather than insanity. Andre was convicted of capital murder and given the death sentence. So after receiving the death sentence, Andre was sent to a, a unit at the Texas Department of uh, Criminal Justice that housed um, male prisoners on death row. He said he continued to hear voices and he saw six-inch-tall demons coming out of the prison walls and playing music from the band Queen. He attempted suicide in July 2008, this time by cutting into the front of his neck with a sharp object. The wound required eight stitches. In October 2008, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals upheld Andre's conviction. The judgment stated, This is a sad case. Appellant is clearly crazy, but he's also sane under Texas law. After three years on the row, there was little question that Andre was regressing. He felt suicidal again and asked for help, but refused to take his meds. He stopped talking and wouldn't eat. He came out to see his lawyer with tape covering his mouth and insisted on writing his answer to her questions on a glass partition with his finger. It's possible that Andre's relapse was related to an incident in late November when he found himself in, in a cell next to an inmate who swore that he was the Antichrist. This apparently enraged Andre, who believed he'd already done God's work in removing the Antichrist from the earthly realm by killing his own son. On December the 9th, 2008, Andre did it again. He removed his left eye, but this time he ate it. Andre said he swallowed his eye to prevent the United States federal government from reading his thoughts because he was certain they would figure out some way to put it back in. He said he'd been reading the book of Revelations and felt sympathy for the devil because it wasn't all Satan's fault. After all, Andre was supposed to have been aborted. He was treated at a hospital in Tyler and then transferred to another unit which housed Texas prisoners with mental health problems. Right, so I can't understand. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sometimes I don't agree with the, the actions that people perform, but I can sort of understand why they have done it. They're not what I would have done, but I can see they're motivations a lot of time i think most people can as humans we're quite an empathic species right it's kind of important to our development yes i can't fucking understand why he's done this to be honest no. so he pulled out his own eyes so the united states government can't put it back in and read his thoughts yeah but wait it gets it gets worse it gets worse he's okay he's got he's got borderline main character syndrome where he thinks he's important enough for that to happen in the first place do you know what i mean yeah carry on eight days after making himself blind Andre says that he's hearing voices, including that of God, and says that the government has the eye he didn't eat, the first one he pulled out, and he wants it back. 
In early 2020, Andre's case was brought before the United States Courts of Appeal for the Fifth Circuit. This guy is sane enough, by the way, to actually go to trial and not and you know and still be executed, yeah. right? Yeah, they're, they're, they are the actions of a sane individual. Yeah. His attorney said that his original legal representation was ineffective as they'd failed to object to the selection of the three jurors, three jurors with a bias against interracial marriages. Fair enough. She also said that the trial counsel did not present an accurate account of Andre's long-standing psychiatric problems, did not request a competency hearing, and presented a psychiatrist as an expert witness that did not have expertise in cases where mental illness was allegedly drug-induced. Who was this lawyer? This was his. Def- this was his, his appeal. New... Appeal. Yeah. They sound like a like a bit of a badass, don't they? I like the sound yeah. of them. They yeah. immediately go through. This was fucked, and then <laughs> everything there to me. Yep. I mean, the outcome's the same. This guy should be in prison. There's no argument. He should that, be but... in a secure unit. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah secure I mean, prison he, he should unit, be contained yeah. and make sure he then can't hurt himself and rehabilitate. Da da da. But at least this second lawyer is doing their job. Yeah. Someone hasn't failed him, at least. So in response to the appeal, the prosecutor said that whilst there was evidence to support Andre's claim of mental illness, he was not insane by their definition. In April 2021, the Fifth Circuit upheld the trial court's verdict from 16 years previous. He was guilty. So being sane is not technically a medical term, although the opinions of medical experts are often important in making a legal decision as to whether someone is sane or insane. It's also not the same concept as mental illness. One could be acting under profound mental illness and yet be sane, and one can also be ruled insane without an underlying mental illness. And it's not always just jurors who decide. People often seem to misunderstand the legal definition of sane. It's the ability to know what you are doing is wrong, not whether or not you think demons have told you to do it or not. You can be schizophrenic and think a demon told you to kill your mum or whatever, but if you are capable of understanding what you did was wrong, you can be found legally sane for the sake of conviction. Mentally ill long before drugs and alcohol self-medication. Trial was badly done. His defence screwed up and there will always be a major, hur- major hurdle to overcome for anyone taking a defence case on like this to an appeal. But it does come across as manifestly unfair for many, many reasons, I think. I'm against capital punishment, as I've said previously, and I really struggle with a case like this. I know the expense involved and I know he will never be better, can never be released and will cost a lot of money to keep. But heck, everyone authority let him down, so maybe it's payback. It's a, I don't like the excuse of it costs a lot of money. No. I don't like that when you look at... The, Not as a society, no. And even when you look at the military spending. Yeah. You can't argue when it's a, a trillion dollars. But I also struggle with his suicide attempts. Going back to what you said earlier, Cameron. I've heard people who are far better placed than me to say people with these illnesses are far more likely to be a real danger to themselves than anyone else. But his attempts always come across dramatic, like the stabbing of his chest or neck. But they never seem to be more than that, just dramatic. But they do seem to cry for help every time. But when he's refused or he's not taking his medication, probably because of the side effects, what can they do except to forcibly inject him? And I don't think that's an option in Texas. I've got it in the back of my head that it's not something that they do. 
or they keep him sedated, which is, seems to be what they're doing to him now. They're keeping him sedated to be able to actually manage him. Again, I wonder about how many people have said that he's manipulative after observing him, and I just don't know how I feel about it. It was said back in 2013 that he hadn't managed to learn Braille even five years after he'd lost his sight, yet he was considered gifted previously. Maybe his illness and medication means he can't absorb or even compute what his fingers are feeling. Or he's suffering some sort of brain damage from all that drugs and alcohol over the years. You don't know what else he's done, whether his the issues that he's got, his schizophrenic brain or whatever, his, 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 yeah. he's so unwell, he probably can't do that. He doesn't have the that plasticity, the ability to form new yeah. skills, memories. I think they'd have caught him when he was young. Well, yeah, it's a failing of any sort of social system, isn't it? It's a massive failing from, like I said, from the beginning. When you when you look at this case, you immediately think, you know, that poor woman and those poor children. But I'm not a great one for this, but I'm going to say he's definitely been a victim in this all the way through. Everybody has let him down. Everybody has. Yeah. It obviously doesn't excuse anything he's done. He's, he's, no. He should be culpable for those actions. But I'm not surprised he's done it. No. Well, I'm surprised he's done it because he pulled his own eyes out. I thought he cut his nuts off. He didn't go that far. But it, I'm not surprised something has happened. And now you kind of understand why I needed alcohol. Although I won't do this one again. I'm no, promising you, I'm not so good at this. You haven't drank much more since I mentioned it because you keep slurring your words. I've, I've edited about 20 occasions of you not of you saying something wrong each time. Yeah, I, yeah, we don't do the alcohol and uh, an episode. I know a lot of podcast do but that's not our thing and it's a, now's an obvious one one i've not even had a full glass so one of the phrases repeated many times about this case is that he is too ill to execute that yet they consider him sane under the law what would be the distinction i don't understand someone who's so physically too unwell as in the, the incapable of it but then I why would that stop from the injections? I, I don't understand why. What the distinction would be? I think they're using the, the phrase "ill" as in mentally ill. To he's 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 so mentally ill, yet they consider him sane. So a lot of the defence work that's going into this is he's just too mentally ill to execute. This goes beyond any kind of human boundaries that you could be considered to be a compassionate. I would question how much of it he's even aware of his surroundings at this point. He's removed his ability to see. He's only got his sense of touch and sound, hearing, I should say. And he's sedated. He's sedated. So how much of his actual brain function is there? At what point isn't he almost a vegetable or in a vegetative state? I, I, do, I don't disagree with you. I don't know what the answer is to this one. I, it's horrific. It's an absolutely horrific case from start to finish on this one. There are... I'm I'm not even going to attempt to come up with something on that one. At the start, when he lost his first eye, he reminds me of Fetty Wap. And I, that's very true. That's a rapper. He, he looks <laughs> he, he looks like Fetty Wap. He's his younger cousin, silly twat, isn't he? <laughs> right, carry on, sorry. So the last <laughs> appeal was only in April of 2021. So I suspect there will be more, and probably some celebrity will get on it. But. There are. Some... I don't know. He killed two kids. Yeah. I, I know he's got uh, mental health issues, but he, when you've a, a celebrity doesn't want the bad press, the bad PR, get behind someone that's killed two kids. I know Kim Kardashian did some stuff with law She's and, done and a got lot of got it. a few people She's overturned and helped some people. Your your uh, opinion on her might be not be very good, but I mean, shit. She's at least she's doing something good. Sure, it, it might be. Uh, 
trying, sorry, the cat, <laughs> the cat just came out. The cat just came out the cupboard. One sec. I'm not going to. Wait, wait, no, we just we just came from their perspective. The cat just came out the cupboard. Yeah. So we're back. Carry on. Yeah, you just chased the cat out. From my perspective, I'm not going to remotely criticise the state of Texas. There's a lot about Texas that I admire, but this, I think, there is something seriously, seriously wrong with it. Obviously, it doesn't take anybody even remotely intelligent to realise that there were race issues involved in this from the beginning. When they've got puritanical uh, Christian conservative values, they won't allow abortion, but they'll happily murder someone that's a victim of his own mental health in such way. I think a state has failed, hasn't it? I, I, I think I've, a, got, I've got a problem. brother. I've got my F-150, but we ain't, we're not a functioning society. Okay, sure, buddy. Yeah, I, I've Go got off, a problem. I, 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 I don't see people by skin colour. I don't see people by race, creed, any of that thing, gender. I just see you, you people. Just, you just don't like them regardless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why I've been at home for two years. Yeah. I haven't been out anywhere. Is he still... So this this man is still heavily sedated and mm-hmm. essentially being held indefinitely. Yeah. So yeah. he's so he's, two, he's 38 years old, yeah. So he's, he's, too, he's, he's too unfit to be executed. No, they still want to execute him, but he's still going Sorry, through I'm, the appeals. I probably phrased it wrong, yeah. Like... He's 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 considered sane but too ill to execute. Isn't that what you said? That's what he's been defined the, the, as. This is what the. I, I, I'm just wondering what is the state of this man that's been left in. So yeah, he's, he's too he's ill. To, he's too ill to execute. Yet they consider him sane under the law, but you they can are see still how trying they're to in conflict. It, yeah, it, it, they're still trying me, to ex- execute him. It's uh, so I had it. <laughs> a physio appointment I had for when I'd hurt my knee was in the, the third floor of a with no lift. With no lift. So it's like you get up there and go, I oh, know you're fine. You you proved you can get up here. Your leg's fine. It's kind of, yeah. There's nothing. If the man has proved he's he's too unwell to execute, then he should be considered not sane. I, I know think. that's that's the contradiction in the law that they've got. It's it's bizarre to me, and it, I think it's bizarre to a lot of people. But what 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 can you say? What can you do? I don't know. You could have a go at your local government and push it up. If you, if you want people to get elected, bring it up to them. That's the only thing you really can do, I guess, in America. Yeah. You've, you've you bring it up to like local councils, it gets raised. If they want to get elected, they have to pursue this kind of shit. It's anything that can happen. I think there's a real there's a real problem globally with mental health issues with people who are severely ill, who are not being looked after and treated properly. Did you know, due to TikTok, there's been a, an increase in teenagers thinking that they have a, a sev- severe and rare mental health conditions? Yes. DID. And the rest, yeah. People having Tourette's. Yeah, I get a weird thing where if I'm walking over a bridge, I think oh, it would be funny if I chucked my phone just because it's like some weird, weird call to the void thing. But it's not Tourette's. It's just not that. A great ADHD, sure, but yeah. not that. No, I I had heard about that. Yeah, it's it's the exposure and it's the feedback loop of endorphins that they're getting from getting validation, and it's it's bizarre. Obviously, he's not got any endorphins going on. God knows what he's got going on. I just. I've just realised, if he can't do Braille, he can't read his Bible, can he? No. And you wonder if they... I doubt they would have given it to him in an audio book or an audio format. Although you don't know if other prisoners or if he has any a contact with them or they can read it out to him or not. Yeah, that's true. You just you just don't know these things. It's a- just... And whether they'll have some sort of weird like um, mission... You know what's called? Um, they'd have some like weird Christian missionary thing where they'd go out there and 
Yeah, I know I know what you're saying, but I don't know the answer yeah. to that. But whether like prison visitors who are yeah. religiously affiliated, whether they were going to sit and sit with him and read, but they probably wouldn't be allowed in because he's just too dangerous. He's just too dangerous. You don't know what he would do to somebody. So, as I said, well, there are three victims of this man, now age 38, and they shouldn't be forgotten in this. We have Lauren Boren, age 20, Andre Boren, aged four, and Leia Hughes, aged 13 months. So thank you very much for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Murder Me Monday Podcast and email us at murdermeonmondaypodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Peace. Bye.